0: Because this uh, might be the the inner chronicle of what we are, and we have to articulate ourselves. Otherwise, we would be cows in the field. Welcome to an unscheduled episode of Cows in the Field. My name is Justin. I'm Laura. And today we are unscheduled talking about uh, Sofia Coppola's 2020 film, On the Rocks. Hi, Dad. Hey, kiddo.
1: Oh my gosh, do you look beautiful.
0: Cliff, how's your mom's hip? Good, things. Good. He
1: thinks you're my girlfriend. Grace. Been busy?
0: Yeah, Dee's traveling with clients all the time and I'm just the buzzkill waiting to schedule things. Just, I'm so stuck.
1: So Dean's going away a lot, huh? On business
0: trips? Dad.
1: Raise your hand if that sounds fishy.
0: He's not like you. He's a good guy, a great dad.
1: Sure. It's nature. Males are forced to fight, to dominate, and to impregnate all females.
0: I think I owe, we owe the listeners an explanation as to why we're doing this all yes. of a sudden this was not planned you owe
1: me and, I and expl- why am i here laura
0: doesn't know with even, this microphone laura doesn't even know why 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 i chose to do this why i i begged her to to come and <laughs> record an episode on this uh basically with no warning no okay so we watched on the rocks last night and my reaction to the movie well laura at one point turned to me and was like i'm really enjoying this like i'm really having a fun time and i was like really <laughs> Um, you know, my, my reaction at the end of this movie was like, this is
1: definitely a Laura's choice.
0: Yeah. I mean, my view was like, uh, okay, you know, minor Sophia Coppola. It's the kind of movie that like, I don't know, I take it or leave it. I'm, I'm relatively bored with it. I didn't not like the Bill Murray character Felix. Um, and I felt like there was almost no pushback from Rashida Jones. And I was like, I don't understand why we're seeing a movie like this in twenty twenty. It feels so pre weinstein mm-hmm. and um, okay, but so then, um, you know, this morning i I wrote my review of the movie, and I'm gonna read it to you okay and i I basically felt like I had a some kind of cute insights, but it didn't and really for me didn't add up to anything and I, and we're gonna get into why and and then. I came downstairs and and we talked about it and and you had some I thought really interesting insights that I just did not see and so I was like we need you, we need your your insight out there.
1: <laughs> That's um, all. That's the whole reason. Well,
0: it's also that I feel like that <laughs> conversation for me re- um, solidified why I love recording this podcast with you is that you are one of my favorite people to talk about movies with, and you brought such insight. It made me see the movie in a completely different light and made me see depth where i only saw shallowness um and um i said i said to you i was like we i think the world needs to <laughs> needs to hear you on this so okay
1: all right. anyway i hope i do it justice after the that. world
0: namely the two people that are going to listen to this sure. episode by the way uh go now that you've heard all these nice things uh i've said about laura if at this point you have not seen on the rocks just you know probably turn off because there will be spoilers. I don't really feel like this is a movie with like twists, although it's a movie where there's
1: a mystery and the mystery mystery. is answered and we're going to talk about it.
0: So, you know, if you're intrigued by Sofia Coppola movies starring Bill Murray, Rashida Jones and Marlon Wayans, go check it out. It's on Apple TV plus. And um, otherwise, if you have seen it or you don't care, uh, we're about to talk about it. This will be a short episode. So let me launch into it. So here, I'll just read you my my review because you have not. Okay. I want to just give you a. Feel no, you
1: for know I don't leave your letterbox reviews anymore. I'm sorry. How honey. sort
0: of? I felt content with this review, but yeah. I also I felt like oh I found some sort of cute insights, mm-hmm. but it wasn't deep. And once you shared your thought, I was like oh crap. Laura <laughs> actually has yours. a deep. No, I'm no. Then I edited it. I said, <laughs> I'll tell you what I said. So okay. okay. So I said here's what I said. I said the origin of the idiom on the rocks comes from the literal description of a shipwreck. And like those poor ships who missed the telltale signs of land and ended up in shallower waters than they could handle, our heroine Laura is adrift dangerously close to the shore without a lighthouse. That is until the sudden interest of her father in her husband's possible extramarital affairs reinvigorates her electrocomplex, spurring a perfunctory family adventure that culminates anemically and predictably in safe harbor. Paragraph okay. one, paragraph two. Here's another more lively read. Prometheus was chained to the rocks by Zeus, on the rocks by Zeus, for bringing the gods fire to humans. Thought of this way, for a relationship to be on the rocks is for it to be suffering precisely because of what its members know about themselves and each other, information perhaps gained illicitly or simply coming to know oneself and one's oh, desires. Interesting. Unlike poor Prometheus, however, a failing relationship is salvageable, but there's no going back to the pre-fire state of ignorance. Some changes must be born mutually or not at all. And that's where I had left it. Then I talked to you and then I wrote edit. My wife had a much richer take on this movie (laughs) Uh, like this to help me convince her to write it up. And this is now what we're
1: what we're doing, what
0: we're doing. (laughs) Uh, So with that um, build up, uh, I love that
1: you like you focus on the on the rocks and like the origins of it, like both mythically or like idiomatically, just because I feel like that was like a real Felix Bill Murray move. You know what I mean? Bill Murray was always like spouting off these like, "Well, the birthdays are a pagan ritual, and the Christians it's didn't. True, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Christians didn't celebrate them precisely for that reason, and we're past that now," is what he said, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's always like, he's always like giving like some little anecdote, he's giving some that, speech, a little speech, right? Yeah. That usually just justifies his bad behavior. Um, <laughs> okay, I mean, I think I went on a bit of a journey with this movie too, in that like, I was enjoying it. But I wasn't like this movie is Sofia Coppola's masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I also had to like ruminate on it for a little bit before I came to to like my understanding of it. Um, Because so the central thing is like whether or not like Rashida Jones is trying to understand whether or not her. Laura. Husband, Laura thank you. Laura is trying to figure out whether or not her husband Dean is cheating on her. That's like the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And in the end. He's not cheating on her. That's a spoiler alert. But the entire movie I was convinced he was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you
0: were even convinced after the movie ended. When the the credits roll, you're like, he's still doing something. Yeah. I was like,
1: "Mm mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, she really closed it with like a bow. Like, she was like, no, I'm not gonna leave any openings here for whether or not he's cheating on her. I felt like Sofia Coppola was trying to like make it pretty clear he wasn't, but I but I was so convinced that he was so shady that like the way that he was playing it was just like so suspect. I was like, there has to be something wrong with this marriage. And when I was watching it, I was just like, no, 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 he's definitely cheating on her. It might be not with this Fiona chick, but he's definitely cheating on her. And then I realized later, it's not that he's, it's not that he's cheating on her, but I was, no, I was feeling like there's something really wrong in the marriage. Mm -hmm. And I think that the whole question of whether or not Marlon Wayne's Dean is cheating on her or not is kind of a red herring. It's like, the most obvious thing that can go wrong in a relationship when actually there's a lot more that's going wrong in that relationship, a lot more like subtle, mutual, two-sided stuff that's been going on for a long time that's quite universal. And like that's the real meat of the relationship that they're going to have to work on. And the conclusion of that movie, like them just sort of having a nice dinner and laughing about the time that she thought he was cheating on her isn't really like safe harbor, as you said. Like they have so much more work to do. Um, so I I I really like I saw a lot of a lot of things that I recognized in that, in that movie, um, and in in Laura's struggle and trying to figure out how to be a wife and a mother and her own person with her own aspirations. And then also how to be a daughter and have a relationship with her dad, too. Cause I think Laura is really dominated by very self-involved people. I think if like, you know, the character of Dean hasn't really done anything wrong. He's done no, he's, you know, he's committed no sins. It's just that he is really self-involved and he's, if he's cheating on her, it's just like an emotional cheating on her with his career right now. He's gone all the time. And I think the part that really like put my hackles up with Dean was when she has to admit to him that she's been like following him around and she suspected him of cheating and you know finds out that she was wrong about that and she says well you you feel like you're gone all the time you know it feels like you're like everywhere but here with our family and he says something like oh i'm i'm trying to like be my best in my career to impress you mm-hmm. i'm trying to be good I'm enough do- for I'm our girl i'm doing girls. it for you
0: and the family right yeah
1: and that Just felt like such bullshit, (laughs) such bullshit. And he does it with like a little quaver in his voice. And I thought that's why I thought he was still cheating, because I thought that was just like that's such a textbook move to put it the guilt like back on her to be like, I'm like a wonderful person and you're a terrible person for thinking I would ever do this for you. Like to you, like what's wrong with you? It's a textbook move in like a manipulative relationship. Right. So I think that's what got my hackles up. But if he's not cheating on her and I don't think he is he's just he's lying about the fact that he loves his career and he's having a really good time and he's experiencing a freedom that Laura is not experiencing right. in that relationship he is allowed to able to go to Mexico whenever he gets invited to a cool conference he books that trip before he tells her about it he just does what he wants to do mm-hmm. and Laura doesn't feel like she has that freedom right
0: a movie about a relationship of two people who is now on the rocks that relationship is now on the rocks and and we're led to believe that the reason the relationship is on the rocks is that dean is cheating on laura but that's not the issue the issue is that the relationship is on the rocks because the uh relationship that they have Presumably mutually agreed upon is not working anymore. Right, the division of uh, domestic and uh, career labor is not actually divided in a, in a in a way that both parties have agreed is equitable, fair, putting them in a position to flourish and so on. And um, and this is borne out uh, again and again in um the contrast we see between the life dean is leaving, living, excuse me leading and the life that um laura is leading so Mm -hmm. dean's life is glamorous and cool he's at the club late and so on and laura's life is she takes you know she picks the kids up talks to jenny slate who complains to her about the the most recent guy she's been dating (laughs) uh and then she takes the kids to some ring around the circle kind of game where they're clapping and stuff then she cleans them up. She cooks food for them and so on. And it's just really boring. Her life is very boring. And mm-hmm. when she yeah. has that moment to work at the during the kid's nap, she can't do it. She can't bring herself to to work because she's not inspired. And, you know, it's hard to schedule creativity. But also just that, you know, she, she she doesn't have any excitement elsewhere in her life. So mm-hmm. what is she going to write about? Um, right.
1: And that's why she cooks up some excitement with her dad.
0: Well, right. And so then, you know, her dad <laughs> comes in and brings that... But but what's in, yeah, so setting aside the Bill Murray character, like, in a way, all the Bill Murray stuff is like, on this view is a way, is a kind of misdirect from what's really happening with their relationship. It's Of course, it's a different relationship that's on the rocks in in its own respect. But the relationship between her and Dean is one that is um, suffering not because of uh, infidelity, but it's suffering because of a n- miscommunication so yes. really like they just not they're not able to communicate um with one another and um and in, about things that matter deeply to them you mentioned earlier like um not in this conversation but in the previous an earlier conversation you mentioned that um the, the 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 lack of communication is is both ways so it's of course at the same at the one end Laura can't communicate to Dean how uh dissatisfied she is with their current life and situation but Dean can't communicate to Laura how happy and excited he is about his career because there is this like feeling of like um he can't be too excited because if he is that's gonna that could be bad for her because her career isn't going as well right now her her writing isn't going as well right so they end up just talking about that and about her inability to start writing and he has he doesn't know what to say this is not his field he doesn't have any advice there probably isn't really any advice to be given and so he just says these sort of platitudinous things which is kind of just annoying and
1: right yeah it makes her even more frustrated but yeah, yeah. And i think it definitely is both ways and i think he's also in a tough position i this movie is absolutely from her perspective and and i was like definitely team Laura in this movie. <laughs> um, but 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 I think, you know, the more I thought about it, the, the more nuanced I think his character, you know, is maybe off screen as well. But like there's that scene where they come home from the party that they went to and he's like lit up. He's so excited and he's like babbling about ROI and like followers and like all this silly social media stuff. And he sounds like a bit of a tool, but but he's really excited about what he's doing. And she can only kind of like muster like a half smile. Right. She didn't even, I mean, she goes to the party and I think he was excited to like have her come.
0: And he wants her to see. He wants her his to see. She he wants her what, to be proud of him. Yeah. And she
1: can kind of, she can't talk to any of them. Like yeah. it's like she's like completely emptied out. So, you know, he can't, he doesn't know what to say to her for sure. That's, that is a problem. And she's not articulating what she wants. She keeps saying like, oh, I don't care if you're not here for my birthday. But of course she cares. Right? She says, I don't want a birthday cake, but she looks visibly disappointed when the birthday cake passes her by. Um, right. Because yeah. what she
0: wants <laughs> is not the, dis- these individual discrete things. She just wants him to think about her and mm-hmm. look at her. And that's a, that's a theme that kind of is Look iterated. at her as a see as a her.
1: woman, well, and not just as his like the mother of his mother. children yeah, too. Yeah, he she doesn't want a thermomix or right. whatever. <laughs> That's right. She doesn't want an appliance.
0: That's right. But he she wants him to see her for who she was when they fell in love, right? And mm-hmm. also to sort of see her. The way that he wants her to see him, namely as someone who has a budding career and is successful and and celebrate the successes and has confidence and so on. Yeah. And And, presumably
1: she's been successful because she sold a book before she even wrote it. So, you know, they the publisher has a lot of confidence in her continuing on to be successful in her career. But she's just feeling like in a rut right now. I know. I do like that this movie only shows like, what, 30 seconds of their wedding night and then it just jumps ahead six, seven years. Right. Um, maybe more. Um, and you don't really know who they were before all this. But you get little like like Rashida Jones. She's so um, the Laura character is so kind of quiet and beaten down, and just like she just absorbs the other characters around her. But she wears these like cool band T shirts the entire time when she goes to sleep. Have you did you notice that? that. Yeah, she had like cool like fun band T shirts. I mean, they also live
0: in Soho, and they're obviously they're cool cool people. people. But
1: you don't see her talk about any of these cool things. She just looks like. Beaten yeah. down by scheduling and PTA meetings and like all the rest of it.
0: Well, and then let's talk also because another key for you was the Jenny Slate character, who is mm-hmm. this constant refrain of someone coming in who kind of injects herself into Laura's life. And this is like her only friend. We see her interact.
1: Yeah, with. yeah. I think like I think Laura's life is really lonely. Um, That's the only other adult we see her with besides her dad and And Dean, her husband, is this Jenny Slate character who's basically just another mom who drops off her kid at the same time and just monologues at Laura about her relationships. And she said something the first time we see her. She says, we have to get coffee. I know you probably don't have time, but we have to get coffee because I'm seeing this new guy again. Like Laura serves as her therapist, basically. Mm -hmm. And Laura doesn't say a single word like whenever whenever the Jenny Slate character is talking but i think that's like that's the common problem you know that's what ties her relationship with her dad with her mm-hmm. relationship to um to dean to, yeah. is that like these she has lost herself in her relationships with other people and she's completely like given her own wants desires personalities identities over to over to them because they're big characters. And right. I don't think anybody can really help that with Felix <laughs> is the problem. But right. but she's having to figure out that relationship that she's struggling with with Felix is trying to figure out like how much she can enjoy the good parts of a relationship with her dad and when she needs to put up those boundaries and just accept that he's you know a very flawed person mm-hmm. and that he feels present when he's present. He's really good at that at making you feel like you're the only person in the room, but he's when he's gone he's gone mm-hmm. you know and what she needs from her husband is like he she wants him to think think about her all the time yeah. right in a thoughtful way and her dad's not going to fill well, that hole
0: and also i think you know she wants her husband to um Take on more of the responsibility at home so to open up space for her to pursue her creative ambitions yeah. and so on. But but this is never fully expressed. No, it's never
1: it's, expressed. But it
0: feels like it's one of the keys to the conflict.
1: For sure. Them. Absolutely. Yes. This whole thing about like her trying to write a book in an, I mean, I have a toddler. I know how long they nap. You get two hours if you're lucky. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you can't write a book. 2 hours max a day like that's nuts you takes a while to warm up you know yeah. um and she said something to her husband along the lines of like oh, i'm so used to writing at night um and he's just like oh you just got to make time um but it's you know he the reason she can't write at night is because he's out at night all the time for his work and they must have like had i'm assuming they had some sort of agreement early on when they were having kids right and she has a career as a writer and he has a career in Whatever he's got a marketing, whatever he's got a career in. And she was the flexible one, right? Because she figures I can write wherever and I can write whenever and I can write in the breaks. And like, you know, you think you're gonna have a lot more time than you do when you
0: have kids. Yeah.
1: But that must have been like what they decided, right? She's gonna be a career woman, he's gonna be a career woman, but she's the flexible one. So they're not gonna get a nanny, she's gonna do all the pickups and drop offs and all the stuff, and also try and be a writer. Mm -hmm. And it's not working out for her, but she's not really telling him that. But the subtle ways that she is telling him that, he's not really listening either. Right. Because he just says stuff like, I keep telling you, you got to make more time for yourself.
0: Right. And just
1: leaving it there because he doesn't offer to then help. How is she going to make more time for herself? Yes. How is that going to happen, Dean? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that, yeah. So that's, I think that's exactly right. And it's, it's a much, it makes what looks like what I described as an otherwise perfunctory relationship melodrama into a much more um poignant distillation of i think the you know the the plight of the middle class worker i mean they're pretty high in the middle class but still the plight of the middle class <laughs> worker life looks nice in today's e- economy where you mm-hmm. have two uh career driven aspirational people we still want to have kids and they're trying to make it work um uh and it's not like he is some misogynistic asshole he no. cares about her and is trying to do his part but the lack of communication between them undermines their ability to find a, an equitable path forward which will work out I think for for Laura and for Dean yeah. and
1: yeah i mean these are people you know, you call them middle class. They're probably upper, upper middle yeah, class, yeah. They're very they, rich. you know, they're yeah. very, very wealthy. So, you know, when you're in a position like that, then you can outsource a lot of stuff, but yeah. all the same, like they have time family. is a resource. Yeah. Your energy is a resource. Your ability to like connect with another human being is a, is a finite amount of resource. Some people have more of it than others, but like, you're going to burn out, you know? And I think that's, no matter what how many you know how much you have and how whether or not you ha- are able to have a nanny or you know a house cleaner or whatever whatever like services you can like you know outsource out like it's still true that you it's impossible to have it all like you well can- you, it's true that
0: you're the primary <laughs> caregiver for another or multiple other human beings even when you are outsourcing quite a bit of that you yes. still have the that primary responsibility falls on your shoulders and it's so it's it's both that, but it's as you were saying, it's also that their relationship has grown apart, partly because his career is taking off and her career is kind of stagnating. Yes, and that's driving them apart because there is, like it or you know, like it or not, admitted or not, there's a kind of jealousy from her looking towards him For and a sure. kind of you know, what's, I'm not sure what the word yeah. is for Yeah, him It's like she's displacing
1: her. her jealousy towards like this, like un, towards this Fiona woman or like the, the woman that she thinks he's having an affair with, but it's really not that it's like his like joy at having yeah. a career. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and, and it for, for him, he can't, there's a kind of frustration with being unable to share that joy with her. And so as a result, like they, they, they just become, they're on different trajectories almost. They're mm-hmm. going in different directions and that leads people apart, you know, regardless of their kids involved or not. But the kids are just this added complication.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about the kids part, though, in particular, when I was talking about, like, you know, your social, like, your ability to connect with people as being a resource or, or a finite amount. Yeah. It, just that, like, because Bill, Bill Murray talks about when he first started to cheat on his wife, um, uh, Laura's mom, was be- when, like, they had kids and she started to, like, put her, a lot of her, like, love and focus and her light onto them. And, you know, I think it is relatively impossible to give your whole hundred and ten percent self to your kids and your whole hundred and ten percent self to your partner and then also have one hundred and ten, you know, for for yourself and for your career slash you is like, you know, whatever. If it's not a career, like whatever else sort of, you know, your creative ambitions. Yeah. It's impossible. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to you just you're going to have to like be a you people connect a little bit less as a couple perhaps because mm-hmm. you know they they've been with their kids all day and they're drained and they just don't have anything left at the end of the day like yeah. that's that's a real thing um and i think yeah they just they need, need some time together is what they need at the end of this movie
0: <laughs> yeah and i think that's the other thing that i thought was interesting and so i i at the end of the movie i was basically the other reason i thought was perfunctory is i'm like well yeah she he's not cheating on her End of story. Not right? end like, of story. Yes. And <laughs> no, but so, so much so, more work to so, do. Right. So yeah. let, let's finish this thought. So Sorry. I, I used end the movie last night and I'm like, okay, well, that movie was sort of boring and inconsequential. Like it was resolved. And like she shouldn't have <laughs> thought he was cheating on her. That wasn't cool. Okay, what was your take about the end of the movie?
1: Well, I might that they have a lot more work to do. <laughs> um, but like that that like it's not it's not resolved at all. Yeah. Like that, you know, I think the this the bill murray stuff in this and this like fake cheating concern has been a catalyst it's allowed that laura to perhaps if not articulate out loud articulate to herself some of the things that are making her unhappy um and realizing that it's not about this you know this red herring of an affair but it's actually about like what's happening with her and dean and and um and you know Dean has started to notice, too, if she's going if she's like if she's feeling this way, if she's displacing those thoughts and putting them onto a fake affair like that, that she does need a little bit more attention from him. Um, and so he like gets her a birthday cake at the at the restaurant, um, you know, and and I think they're like starting to patch things up, but they have like a lot of work to do. Yeah.
0: And it's interesting, though, as well, that so much of the conflict that we're talking about is not expressed, nope. not communicated. Not articulated, but it's there. It really is in the fabric of the movie, and that's what I think I was that I was missing when mm-hmm. I was watching the movie that you were helping to articulate for me, and made this a richer exp- viewing experience for me. Um, should we also talk about Bill Murray?
1: Yes, but I also want to talk. Yeah, I mean, I think Bill Murray is going to connect to this, but I mm-hmm. just wanted to note the gendered stuff, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, I was also reading this as like something that is perhaps you know relatively universal. Of a gendered issue in 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 a marriage, there was um or in any relationship, but I think particularly in marriages with children, there was this article going around a couple of years ago about like um about cognitive labor, and it was just like the it was about like that oftentimes women in relationships are the ones who remember to uh, remember like notice that we're out of toilet paper. They, you know, or keep keep dates in their head, keeps the PTA schedule, keep the doctor's appointments in their head, um, run that stuff like a lot of invisible work. I mean, literally just like keeping things in your mind. That's why it's like it's like cognitive labor that men don't worry about and just like and like let the women worry about. It's not it's not like if you're writing stuff down, like I do these chores and you do those chores. We never remember the cognitive, just the just the weight, this headspace of remembering those things and holding on to them. And I think that's one of the things that um, Laura resents is that, like, she says something along the lines of like, oh, he's out there like traveling and seeing the world. And I'm just this bummer when he gets home who wants to schedule stuff. Um, and I think she feels like that he doesn't have like he's not taking on as much of the responsibility of having kids as she is. And, and I think that's her frustration generally with men. And that one of the things that she's she's trying to work out with with Felix is like – or with her father, she's just like, don't you feel any responsibility for the things that you do, for the family that you left, for the, for the women that you have relationships with? Like how can you just be so cavalier about this? Like she's so weighed down by the cognitive labor, the cognitive load of all these like tiny little things um, in their lives that he's like. He doesn't worry about he does
0: not worry about it he doesn't I, worry about it. And I think there's yeah. even
1: a scene. This is not a tiny thing, but there's a scene where they're at dinner and they don't know what to talk about, which happens a lot. Every time they're together, they don't really know what to talk about. Um, and she says, should we start right. our kid on preschool?
0: Right. Yeah. And
1: he just says, I trust you. Yeah. That's just like he just shunted yeah. that right back onto her. Yeah. Like she was like, I'm I'm not sure what to think about this. Can I talk to you about it? And he was like, oh, no, like you got it.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't want to talk about that.
0: Yep. No, that's right.
1: <laughs> and by saying I trust you, it's like he's like he's it framing it like, like I'm empowered yeah, 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 yeah. to make this decision. But in yeah. fact, he's just like no, just like you can talk. yeah, yeah just, you can pick decide. that up all yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's your job. I don't care.
1: Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and I do think like there has been research that says that like women do far more of the like mental and emotional load of of child raising and just managing a family than, than men do. Mm-hmm. Even if like, you know, if you break down the actual chores, it's very equitable in a relationship. Yeah. Oftentimes it's like this invisible stuff that women do.
0: Yeah, that that I think is um, uh, a really good and important insight that again is very, it's subtly conveyed in the movie, but it's yeah. not it's not something anyone ever articulates, which is so, so that's, I, let me just art- articulate another reason why I didn't, Connect with the movie, but this will just set you up to to set me straight. So, um, I really disliked the Bill Murray character, and I disliked his place and role in the movie. Uh-huh. I, I first of all, I disliked him as a like as a person because, yeah. I, I, but I think we were supposed to think that way about him. I mean, he's such a blowhard. He's such a <laughs> everything comes easy and natural to him. He just waltzes through life without any consequences um, to any of his actions. And, and when and, and when called out a little bit by washita jones he has not really much to say for himself except just sort of platitudes and sort of selfishness um and i was just thinking okay it would have been nicer to have more of an, uh, an explicit articulation of this guy of a condemnation of this type of character mm-hmm. either through a kind of arc so this character has an arc and then at the end he's sort of like Comes to some realization that he's been a bad father or a bad person or something and has to make amends, which there's no arc to this character. Or there's some more explicit rejection of him by Rashida Jones, by Laura, who, but instead she ends the, you know, they end the movie with a kind of uh, knowing nod and, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're kind he of, whistles, there are, she whistles, they're back. on good terms again. Yeah. And, and I guess I just felt, so my very surface read was I disliked that. I was just mm-hmm. not interested. I didn't want to see a movie about a about a about a an entitled white guy who gets away <laughs> with everything and nothing happens to him. Okay, but now set me straight because I think you you had a much deeper read on this.
1: Well, I mean, I I think there are there there are so many of those entitled white guys that and there are no consequences for them. That is a real thing and I think it's 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 actually really genuine that like that he just continues on, and I don't think he will ever change. That character feels real to me, and I don't think he will ever change. But it's it's really like about Laura's story, about her relationship to him, and and figuring out that he's not going to change, that she can't change him, and there's no no point trying. And all she can do is just try and figure out where she puts up her boundaries and how much of herself to give over to him, how much of him, uh, how much of her like personal life to let him in on because he does take it over and twists it and turns it into him about it turns into something about him. And she can enjoy his sort of fun company when he's around, but she has to sort of figure out like how to be her own person and to stand her own ground when he starts to encroach. Because um, that's all you can do with people like that if you want to have a relationship with them, right. you know, it sounds like I mean, there was a and, very and brief scene with her family members where it's clear that like they chose not to have a relationship yeah. with him. And she yeah. does.
0: Yeah, she does. Yeah.
1: Um, I have a theory that like she was like the favorite daughter because there's mm. like maybe a second daughter. I think um, it's the family stuff isn't really fleshed out um, or ex- like written out explicitly. But I think, you know, I think they do have a special relationship in in their own way you know the the gift that he gives her the watch is really thoughtful he talks about her as a 9-month-old and seeing her as a person they do have a connection it's just that he's like a deeply flawed character who can only connect so far
0: yeah he's yeah. Just- that was one thing that i i i think i noted which was his it's almost like his relationship to her is as deep as the relationship he has with that police officer who pulls him <laughs> over like he's able to quickly and smoothly win people over just as soon as that he's out of their lives and then you just kind of think back and you're like nothing was really exchanged we had no Mm -hmm. real deep connection it was just like oh you know this person you know that person shake hands everyone smiles I feel good about myself and then he's gone and it's like he's like the equivalent of like eating a starburst or something like it's like very (laughs) sugary and sweet but then you feel sick afterwards when he's gone like yeah you just feel like there wasn't anything, it didn't, nur- that relationship or experience didn't nurture your soul no, in any sure way. No, for sure not.
1: No. And, but it feels like it at the time. Because yeah. he's giving her roses when her husband isn't and just yeah. making her feel special when she's feeling lonely. Um, And it feels like it's something meaningful. But it's, yeah, it's all nonsense. And, um, you know, he's just going to wander off on the QE too. Yeah. But I think, like. You know, she's got those two relationships that she's that she's dissatisfied with for different reasons and working through her relationship with Dean is a real relationship. Yeah. It's a marriage. It's something yeah. that they're going to work on. It's something that they're going to talk to one another about and he's going to give and she's going to take and she's going to give and he's going to take or mm-hmm. whatever. And and that's just not what's going to happen with Felix. Yeah. And that's like her journey is realizing like that she is like entered into like a working relationship with her husband. You know, it's, it's romantic love, but it's also, you know, it's like an agreement yeah. to keep doing this together, to keep working on it, to get slogging through the tougher times. And with your family members, it's like either you accept them maybe for who they are and and that's it. And you just figure out where your boundaries are or you let them go. Yeah. When they're people like Felix. I'm not saying that for all family yeah, members. And but- she's <laughs> chosen
0: to have him in her life. And, and that's what I think so what I what I read with that final little exchange with them is like, what are you doing? Like, get this guy out of your life. He's a lo-, You know, <laughs> he's clearly a loser. He, he screwed you over ba- basically big time, you know, and what I think the read you're giving is basically no, like she knows all that and she's choosing to have it in her life anyway. And she's OK with that. She has her boundaries. She knows where they are. She'll enforce them and. That is that relationship has evolved mm-hmm. where at the beginning she has less boundaries with him. Yeah. And now she has more str- strong and solid boundaries. She knows where they are and she's prepared to, to sort of enforce those boundaries. And she does so by refi- basically saying, I'm not going on the QE2 with you.
1: Right. Right. Because I have responsibilities, dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I, they're close, clearly, because she felt felt the need to call him when she was confused yeah. about what was going on with Dean. I don't think she's ever gonna make that mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> she's gonna talk to Dean. Yeah. That's the other thing I was remembering too is that like whenever she has an impulse to talk to Dean, her dad tells her don't to do it.
0: That's right. That's interesting. He's
1: thwarting yeah. their their ability to, to like work through their own marital problems yeah. by like spinning this crazy yarn and hiring people to like look at his credit card.
0: And he Dean even says like you should have just, you just told- talked to me. Yeah. And she said, I
1: know I shouldn't have it, yeah. should have right. So he's <laughs> He's really exacerbating things. <laughs> but I mean, he's brought something to light. <laughs> I suppose. They got to the bottom of that's it. That's true. what that's what Felix says. Yeah, we, got to we got to the bottom of
0: it. We got to the bottom of it. okay, so this isn't really like t- quite the the style of this podcast, but I think it's worth noting that there are biographical elements embedded in this movie.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, Sophia Coppola is. A woman who is under the shadow, perhaps, or, you know, working under sorry. In the
0: shadow of her father. Thank you. Francis Ford, Francis Coppola. Ford Coppola. She's married she to Spike also... Jones, another filmmaker.
1: No, she's not currently married to Spike Jones. She's married to the guy from Phoenix.
0: Oh, shit. I'm sorry.
1: No, no, no. That's fine. She was married she to was Spike married Jones.
0: She was married to Spike Jones. Did she have kids with Spike Jones? Or I'm kids with not the guy from Phoenix? sure. Okay, but whatever.
1: She's, but either way, she's been in she's, relationships two with two. Creatives Creatives,
0: and she has two kids
1: and she has two kids. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Rashida Jones is married to the guy from Vampire Weekend and has a kid with him as well. So they're both women who are career women, creative women um, who have who have relationships with men who are also creatives that uh, have to be on the road a lot. (laughs) So I can only imagine like what their respective relationships are like in terms of trying to like carve out that space. Well, you know, who's whose project, who's who's like, you know, focus needs the priority right now. Who's going to be on the road? Who's going to be here? Who's on set? Who's traveling? You know, my project, your project, that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: So it does feel. Yeah. So it feels like this is a movie born of a very personal experience for both of these uh, women. Mm-hmm. And um. And you know that's obviously there, and and um, informs, I'm sure, some of the dynamics that's in mm-hmm. the movie. And I, I, yeah, so um, anyway,
1: yeah. But I think that seems. I mean, I was thinking about Lost in Translation a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just like um, Scarlett Johansson's character, that's obviously like they're they're brandly newly yeah, read, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they haven't had as much of a fo- as a foundation, but. Her husband is a director, perhaps, right? He's a music
0: video director. Music video director.
1: And he's gone all the time. And he's, you know, like
0: in his moment, he's
1: having a moment of success. He's doing his work in Tokyo and she feels completely abandoned by that and out in the cold. She doesn't have her own aspirations and projects in that moment. But I imagine that is that often feels that way, too. If you're having to share your partner with your children and and also their career and when somebody is like in a creative moment i think it's probably all consuming yeah um i mean certainly when you get in a philosophy hole it's pretty all consuming
0: <laughs> that's but, is, that's but, but, is but 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 but
1: no, no but like when you're in philosophy hole you're still physically here with me it's even more intense when they're like on the road you know yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> So I thought that we had to get this out there quickly because Laura had a lot of good insights and I
1: hope I articulated them as well as saw, you felt I did this morning. Yeah,
0: she saw through the movie for I think what it what it is and all I saw was, like, a bunch of silly, like, uh, I tried to read into it, like, the birth of the idiom of on the rocks. which Because <laughs> I couldn't think. I was just like, this movie is nothing interesting. So I was just like, I'll find something interesting in this, uh, you know, in the vicinity here. To it talk is about.
1: hard. I mean, I, if she's doing a lot of stuff not in the subtle. text yeah, and in between the subtle. lines. And um, and I agree with you that the super, like, the the quick reading of this movie was actually you know, said out loud and the plot of the movie is really superficial. And that's why I was focusing on like this, whether or not Dean was cheating or not. And like my obsession with the, I was like, no, 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 no. Like this movie can't end with him not cheating. Like that doesn't make any sense. I have this feeling that something is wrong. Yeah.
0: And you, that's what you articulated is it's not about the cheating. There's nonetheless still something wrong. There's something
1: wrong. wrong. But, but when I was watching it, I wasn't yet I was registering everything that I just talked about, but I wasn't quite ready. I wasn't like yet bubbled up to the top. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's why I was like, well, what about the way that he acted when she touched his phone? Right. <laughs> you know? And like none of that stuff actually matters. It's yeah. all red herring. That's it's a tricky movie in that
0: way. Yeah. If
1: I'm right about what this movie's about. No, I think about. you're 100
0: percent right. And I, <laughs> I think I'm I'm 10 percent right. In in that in that, I'm not sure
1: how many people are going to connect with it though. If it's you know like it's it's deeply operating on another level. No, but
0: I think it's deeply personal (laughs) and it's articulating something that I think people who've gone through this experience will feel in their bones and you've helpfully articulated it. That's okay. why we do this podcast. is to articulate it's the to feelings. To help people with their
1: marital problems? Yes,
0: to articulate <laughs> our <laughs> feelings about movies in a way that can be intersubjectively interesting and uh, enlightening, right? We're not looking to find the one true interpretation. We don't look, care. And I don't personally care too much about the intention of the author. I'm looking for find some kernel of insight that we can then articulate in a way that can be appreciated broadly, even if it's disagreed with. And I think that you succeeded, you know.
1: On the terms that you just laid out.
0: You succeeded so wildly. And I <laughs> i failed so wildly in my thinking about this movie. And that's why I wanted to do this bonus episode. So <laughs> thank you, Laura, for agreeing to do it. It was very, it meant a lot to me. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Billy, you're back in town. Been busy? Yeah. Got a lot going on. Do you? He should be worshiping the ground you walk on. And if he's doing something dishonorable, you need to know. What if Dean's just busy? I'm in a rut, that's it. I think we should follow him. What?
1: I think you better see him in action.
0: This is your idea of incognito? Coming through!
1: Here's the plaza, this is the place to have an
0: affair. It has the most exits. Exits on three streets. Can you just act a little less excited about this? Because this is my life, and uh, it might be falling apart. I don't know why women get plastic surgery. Because of men like you. Mm-mm. I prefer the factory original. <laughs> yeah, and every other make and model. Thank you. I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> Are there two? Who oh, scared me.